Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo. You know, when I was a kid, I feel like I was a lot, a lot looser. Like I could, you know what I mean? Kind of. It's like I used to climb trees, and now I see trees, and I think, fuck that. Exactly. Like I used to climb to the tippy top of big, big, tall trees, and now I, I'm afraid. Like, what if I fall? I won't bounce. Dude, you could like almost die. I know. I feel like there's a lot of times in my life where I should have died. Really? Absolutely. Holy shit, man. We need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I'm joined once again by Nathan Pepin. How are you, Nate? Doing good, doing good. Glad you're here, actually. You know, we also have a special guest. Um, His name is Matt Drew. When he said special, it wasn't the kind of special you thought he was saying. It was the special kind of special. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to clear that up. I could tell listeners were probably assuming that I was something special. Exactly. Also, of course I'm here. This is my room. That's a really good point. I'm sitting on Nate's bed right now, guys. It's not the first time. (laughs) <laughs> and it's not the last. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, when I invited you onto the show, I thought you'd come in clothes. Yeah, I actually kind of confused. I was confused by that text, Steve. It kind of, it, I felt like it was suggesting that I not wear clothes, but you didn't specifically say anything. I don't know. It just, it was, you know, <laughs> texting these days. You, never you know, when we it. started uh, the nude cast, I, w- I knew the hardest part would be getting guests. But Matt Drew takes it to a new level. I will, I always assume every podcast that I'm going on is a nude cast. I let them tell me otherwise, all right? I'm just going naked. That's number one, rule number one. Well, I don't mind. <laughs> you know, I got to say, your voice sounds naked. But the time that I feel like I was the most naked the most often was when I was a little kid. Wait, like when? Like like when I was a little kid and I'd go to Christmas and I'd take off all my clothes and open presents. Or I'd take off all my clothes except for my boots and I'd eat scrambled eggs while playing video games. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. But, you know, <laughs> some people like describe like the fear or sensation of imminent death as feeling naked. It brings you back to your, like, your primal roots of being in your womb or as a baby or I don't know, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Matt, have you had any like instances of like, oh shit, I almost died? Yeah. I mean, not in that exact phrasing, but I've definitely felt that. I've, I've, uh, I felt that, you know, in fact, me and Steve actually share a story um, where this is going to be the first episode of We Need to Talk where two of the, the, the people are going to tell the same story together. And, you know, it's a, it's a actual honest to God shared experience that was literally shared. It's the time that me and Steve fell out of a moving vehicle, a moving vehicle, a truck, a truck, a big, hairy, sexy truck. We were at the park. We were at the park with our friends. We were hanging out and playing some ball, playing some good ball. Yeah. Yeah. I was mostly watching. I remember. I don't think you guys let me play. No, no, we were bou- <laughs> we were bouncing, bouncing the good ball. I had to run and get the ball when it would get lost. That was my role in the in the whole 
time. I was waiting to play the whole time I wanted to play, but they just really wanted me there to go run after the ball. I'd do a cool little dribble through my legs, spin it, spin the good ball on my finger, take a take a shot towards a sport hole, and try I'd, and get it in. And I'd watch from the sidelines. Wow, yes, that sounds like a pretty essential role you played there. Was that condescending? Were you being sarcastic right there? No, no. I mean, it's it's like if you are a like a caddy, you know, for golf, that that's an extremely central role. If you don't have a caddy, you're kind of fucked. I you feel know, like he's being sarcastic. You right know now. who's really caddy is women. Mm. Oh, Steve. Oh, that's a play oh, on Steve. You thought that would go right past me, man. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, you shouldn't shouldn't play with your words. You should just eat them. So we loaded that truck up, and we... We had so many men. We had so many... <laughs> Filled the truck with men and lads. So we throw the, the old wiffle ball bat and the, and the wiffle ball into the truck, and then... <laughs> a the, truck full of lads. And the two other guys, they were getting in the front of the truck, and we said to them, hey, man, we're not going to all... Ride in the front of the truck. How That's a small, and, a small cab. Well, me and Steve ride in the bed. Right in the flatbed. And then they're like, okay, you can ride in the bed. Just and, you keep, know, the, keep the tailgate down. We, yeah, we wanted to keep the tailgate down and just sit on the edge of the tailgate and dangle our legs and have some talks and talk to each other, have some heart-to-hearts. Talk about life. There. Talk about having yeah. Chinese food. We were going to drive. So my house was probably 500 yards from the, the actual sporting place. That we were at. So it was not a far drive. It was very short. It was one stop sign. So we thought we could just sit there. He'd drive slowly back to the place. And we just, we'd have a real heart, a real quick heart to heart, real mini heart to heart. Call them mini hearts. And, uh, you know, we, we'd do one of those, a couple of those maybe. And then we'd get to the place and we, you know, eat Chinese food, be happy people, you know. But little did we know, the man behind the driving wheel had other thoughts. The man behind the driving wheel pulled up to the stop sign, the one and only stop sign, and he had a real jokester in the passenger side playing joke tricks. By the way, these two were also druggies. Me and Steve were too, but also these two were druggies. At least three of the four were druggies. Exactly. And we were sitting in the tailgate, we were at the stop sign, and he thought it would be a clever, fun time. To put his foot on the gas pedal very far down. Very far down. The truck accelerated very quickly. Um, we attempted to hold on to the, uh, the, the the cable that holds the flatbed onto the frame of the truck. This is about the time in the story where, from my perspective, things look very crazy. Because what I see is, all of a sudden, everything feels really weird, and it feels like things are happening faster... And I then see Steve jump off of the truck and roll. And the whole time I'm thinking, why did Steve just do that? (laughs) The truck was starting to go very, very fast. Very fast. There was a lot of wind coursing through my mane of hair. I didn't have a beard, but it would be flowing through that as well. It's like my mind couldn't understand what was happening. I was was scared. And then I realized I had an enemy in the driver's seat. And then I, it all clicked for me. So at that moment, I wasn't on the truck anymore, though. At that moment, that was the thought I was having when I was upside down midair. Mm. So the that, force, the force of, of the acceleration combined, the continued acceleration, it's not like he just like, he pressed the gas real fast and we lurched forward. No, he, he started to take off and he was taking a, a corner at the same time. So there was so the like, there's centripetal this, force at the same time. 
So it like caused my butt to go like straight up in the air. Well, like the other way, like my crotch to go straight up in the air. Like, so it like my under part of my body went flying up. There was just like, his under became an upper. My under became my upper. So my head was upside down and flying towards the pavement. And I just remember thinking to myself, this is what like God sex must feel like. What would Jesus do? Exactly. What would Jesus do? And that's when my head hit the pavement and everyone heard it apparently because the whole neighborhood just like came coming out of their doors and they all were like, it was like, you know, and there's been a UFO sighting and everyone just kind of comes out of their doors and like, oh no, we're all fucked. The truck had peeled out. So it was right in front of this uh, big fancy house. And I saw that this was going to be very dangerful. So I jumped. I, I was I was somewhat ripped out of the truck, but I also like just kind of let myself go. I tucked and rolled um, and landed on mostly my wrist. Uh, but I was able to roll and take that uh, that horizontal downward momentum and turn it into some some longevital momentum and and just kind of do like a little roll mm-hmm. and it hurt but it wasn't a big deal and I, I popped back up onto my feet and looked over in the direction of matthew drew and i saw him in the air come down on his head heard a loud crack and then saw him bounce back into the air several inches and then land again flat on his back in the middle of the road Somebody came running out of the house across the street, and it's like, I saw the whole thing. I ran over to Matt, saw he was bleeding from the skull, whipped over, turned to the lady who was running out of her house, and I said, this guy's hurt. Call an ambulance. And it was the greatest moment of my life to be able to say that. (laughs) Then I walked home, got my mom. I'm like, Mom, we're injured. Matthew is bleeding from the skull. And she said, well, you should go back and check on him. You know, everyone in this room right now is all thinking the same thing. That explains a lot. <laughs> Did she call an ambulance? So, yes, an ambulance came. Um, I walked back over when the ambulance was there. And they didn't even know I was hurt. They didn't even look at me because they didn't know I was a part of this. But they, they were looking at Matt and they're like, you're going to need to come with us in the ambulance you're bleeding from the skull area yeah and i i did not want to go if you remember that i remember but you did i did not want to go i said yeah i can just you know walk it off so it wasn't like you're just like got hit really hard and you're kind of like a bit uh not crazed but a bit uh daisy delirious you're just kind of thinking no i whatever fuck it i can i can deal with it my skull was literally cracked Mm -hmm. i did not feel like i needed to go with those people were you thinking like in your own head were you thinking clear or is well, it here's the thing is i just and by the way the two we didn't even address this the two culprits were watching and crying and one of them the the driver was puking i saw was him, he yeah i saw him puking i don't even remember that i was with my he mom was, yeah he was crying and puking on the sidewalk and he kept saying i'm so sorry i'm so sorry he comes out there and like for me my perspective is I just found out this guy who I thought like was my friend, like a really cool guy, was my mortal enemy. And now these ambulance people are standing in front of me trying to get me to go with them. And you did. You went with them. No, but 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 I was hesitant because I was like, my own friends are enemies. What about these strangers? Mm. They want me to go with them. Mm. 
Yeah, so I uh, I had quite the psychological battle with those people. We picked you up at the hospital. You got stitches. Is that accurate? Yes. Brain stitches? No, 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 no. Not actual stitches. No, it's weird because then I, I, I went to the hospital and they glued my head shut. Yeah. They, they said, here, so your insurance does not cover x-rays or anything like that because I had apparently shit insurance. So they were like... We're just going to glue your head shut and send you on your way, bro. And then they were like, peace out. And they were smoking doobies and laughing and playing Bob Marley. It was real weird, guys. They paged Dr. Elmer. He came on down with a glue stick. He said, I'm the professor of fun. And then he glued my head together. (laughs) He rolled that glue stick into your scalp. He said, I'm the bassist in fun hole. (laughs) That's on my weekends. I'm a doctor right now. This is my day job. So we picked you up and we went back to my house and got really fucking high. Yeah. Really high. That was better than the painkillers they gave me. And Matt was on painkillers and was fucking baked. And then we went to a Chinese buffet. <laughs> oh, God. And I I was standing up there with the plate next to my sister. And I was staring. My face was touching the the sneeze guard and my sister's like are you okay i'm like i'm way too fucking high for this right now. <laughs> let me just remind everyone steve has an injury that nobody is even addressing because mine was more substantial my head did hit the ground i probably had a minor concussion steve needed medical attention and nobody even cared <laughs> Listen, Dr. Marijuana helped quite a bit. <laughs> the river was like, oh, by the way, that's another human being who just fell out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> General Sow was a, great, was a great confidant in that time. I went to sit back down at the table, and I set down my plate, and I went to, like, lower my body into the chair. And rather than, like, sitting down like a normal person, put all of my weight on the table, and the entire thing almost flipped completely over because i was so baked and my sister slammed her hand on the table and held it down otherwise everybody's food would have gone flying into the air (laughs) i would have fallen flat on my ass again i i've almost done that so many times it's terrible that was the one of the times i could have died but matt was closer to dying um yeah it was you know what me and steve that that was a real great moment for our friendship you know, and then the aftermath of all of that, though, was, you know, the two culprits, they went on, you know, and they. Was that the graduation party? What? No, no, no. You, you spent the night that night, right? And I think some other people did, too. I think there was yeah. like a bunch of people spent the night and we couldn't let you go to sleep. No, yeah. You kept telling me, don't, hey, don't lay down. Don't you had a concussion and then you're like, die. you have to sit up all night. And I was like, I don't want to sit up. Fuck that noise. And then we eventually let you go to sleep. And then, yeah. And then you were like, I think my Drew's going to die in the middle of the night. And everyone's like, well, you know, it's not too bad. Okay. Hey, we got a blood stain on the sidewalk to remember him by. It's hey, okay. man, we'll just memorialize that shit. We'll get fun fun hole to play at his funeral, dude. Fun hole will do most gigs for like thirty five bucks. <laughs> thirty five bucks and a doobie. How about you, Nate? Have you ever had a <laughs> an experience where you could have died? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was at uh, Bible camp. Oh, and this was uh, my first yeah. year at Bible camp. And a- anyway, it wasn't too fun. Uh, it it was it was pretty bad, but. There was this cute girl. I mean, she's kind of cute, but she's all into me and stuff. And you know, she was she was my friend there, so we we hung out a bit. And then what uh, was her her name? First and last name in uh, social. I don't know. 
No, oh, okay. She went Did you to, know at the time? Wait, was that 13? No, but she was there. 13 oh. was there. Okay. That's another story. Oh, shit. But not Olivia Wilde. So there was this uh, this big dinner, this spaghetti dinner, and uh, <laughs> I went there, you know, with the group and the girl, and I ate a bunch of spaghetti. It was, it was pretty good, but, you know, at the end of the night, I started feeling kind of like, eh, and the girl was trying to talk to me more and more. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm just going to go over here, and it kind of felt bad. I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel that great. I'm going to go get more spaghetti. We go back to our cabins, and... It's like, uh, everyone sleeps pretty well. Like, I was the one person who had kind of insomnia. But, you know, I got to sleep because I just felt like shit. And about, like, half an hour later, I wake up and it's like my stomach's just reeling in pain. It's it's just, it's just terrible. And then after I throw up. So I go and throw up. And, you know, everyone's just sleeping for, for what I know. And I throw up and it's really bad. It's, like, really kind of painful. And like, okay. Throwing up spaghetti sucks. It, it really does. It's super acidic. And it... it it can be stringy. It, it tastes like spaghetti, but it, it like worse spaghetti. Yeah, it tastes like gross spaghetti. It's like ziti or something. So you're saying it doesn't taste great when it comes back as puke? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, no. I thought that it'd be able to come out just as good as regular spaghetti. It'd be like, oh, I, sweet. I, I feel like more the wor- spaghetti. I feel like the worst part is if like the strings get stuck in your throat, and then that. It's your gag reflex, so you puke more and then more and then, and like, nonstop because you have all these spaghetti strings stuck in your throat. Mm-hmm. So I, I puked a lot, and I thought it was all done. And so I kind of went back, but, you know, it's, like, moving was just kind of, like, super, super painful. It's like, ugh, like, any little, like, movement I made. So I'm like, okay. And then I had to throw up some more. So I threw up some more. And it's like, shit, this is bad. Okay, I, don't, I, don't, I guess the spaghetti made me sick. It's too acidic or something. I, I don't know. Where was the Bible counselor? Uh, sleeping somewhere. Huh. We went to bed at, like, say, like, 9 o'clock maybe, 8 or 9. And so this is around, like, 10 o'clock, 10, 10.30, maybe, maybe 11. So uh, I'm just, like, writhing in pain, and then I have to puke some more. And so I do it again. And, like, the sensation is pretty much, like, imagine, like, needles, like, all in your stomach, and every time you move, like a thousand needles are just moving in your stomach, and you can poke everywhere. Was this needles and meatball, not not yeah. spaghetti? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Bible and, food. And I spent the whole night essentially writhing in pain, like and throwing up, and writhing in pain and throwing up, and it got worse and worse and worse. It didn't get better. I tried to sleep. It, there's no sleeping through that kind of pain, and. I don't know why. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like bothering people. I mean, back then more. Nowadays, I'm more assertive. Like, I care. I bother everyone now. I'm yeah. just like, what up, people? I don't give a fuck. I'm drinking out of the milk carton. Peace out. I'm, I'm definitely a lot more narcissistic. I'd say in a good way. You know, back then, <laughs> I'm like full of myself in a good way. Well, for me, it's narcissistic because my the old me was, uh, you know, I waited about ten hours, like. Maybe not ten hours. Maybe eight, eight to eight to ten hours, just rhyming in pain, like, and didn't tell anybody. Just kind of you know. And eventually, six o'clock rolled around, and you know, it was getting kind of bright out. So I'm like, okay, uh, you know, the pastor, Pastor A, is gonna be up. Uh, maybe, maybe he'll be able to like uh, figure something out. So, you know, I get up and I and I walk there myself, and it was like the worst walk I've ever had. These, these giant hills and stuff, and uh, I. 
t- talked to a few people. I'm like, oh, well, let's let's get the nurse. I think she might be up. And there was a resident nurse who was like a part of the youth group or something. I, I don't know. But she's like, oh yeah, you're sick. Oh yeah, it's been happening. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know what's wrong. You sound sick. Like, <laughs> well, wait, wait. She said it's been happening. No, what's been happening? Oh, what's been happening? Okay, I get and it. she's like, we yeah. keep, we just keep making children sick. That's, that's just thing. normal. She's like, that's a thing I've noticed in humans. They get sick. <laughs> keeps happening. It just keeps happening. Couple thousand years. Probably now. because we don't really cook the meat before we put it in the the meatballs. I don't know. Janie keeps saying that's like French or something. <laughs> the the French version of sushi, just, raw beef, just raw beef, man. It's whatever. Our digestive system will catch up. <laughs> gotta evolve. evolve. Just gotta evolve, Sorry. man. So I'm just sitting there in agonizing pain. I think they gave me some painkillers. I mean, not not like real painkillers, but like ibuprofen and stuff, which helped a tiny bit. And the fact that like I actually had someone to say, "Oh man, this is terrible. I've been like this for like the last like." 10 hours you know kind of made me feel a little better and the uh the youth group leader came in and like at this point i wasn't like i'm gonna go to the hospital but i was more like i need to go home this this is not good and youth group leader comes in and he's like so i heard you're sick uh what's wrong exactly and so i kind of explained the situation and he's like well you should think about staying uh, d- don't don't go I'm like, no, no, like, this is really bad. It's like, no, no, you, you got to stay, Nate. I mean, this, no. It won't be the same without you. And no, like, Nate, you're going to stay. <laughs> it's like the door's lock. <gasps> Percocet. You know, he started telling me, like, you know, we have to get better, though. You know, then you'll regret going, leaving. Like, oh, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to get better. This is terrible. And he's like, well, he spent, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes trying to convince me to stay. And it's it actually pretty surprising because uh, – my mom and my grandmother, they actually came to pick me up, like, you know, we we're, like, an hour, 40 minutes away or something, but they were there, like, almost no time, and they got me, and, you know, they're very, like, understanding, oh, my God, we heard you're sick, this is terrible, blah, 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 but I thought they'd be more like, are you really sick, or you just don't like this, but, you know, they're, like, very understanding. Look, we know the hot girl's there. It's okay. <laughs> we understand. We trust you, Nate. <laughs> We trust We've you. We've had the spaghetti. We're not going to call you a liar this time, Nate. Mm. So I get back to my house, and I remember I needed help to get into the house because it was this, like, getting up those stairs, man, was, was t- tough. And they ha- they had a, I think on the right, actually on the right there, they had, like, a something to throw up into. I didn't need to use it. Like, I had thrown up everything I could possibly ever throw up. And, you know, I'm just pretty much laying on the couch and just writhing in pain, and it's terrible. I was feeling better than I was before, to be honest, but it was still really bad. Like, it's almost like if the pain's like a 10, if it's a 9.5, you're like, oh my god, this this is great. Eventually, like, my dad has a good sense of this kind of stuff, because, you know, my mom asked me, do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I'll be all right. No, I'll just, I'll just tough it out. But uh, my dad's like, no, he he's going to the hospital. So they brought me to the hospital. And it was a terrible experience. Uh, there was, like, maybe... Did you have the same doctor I had? Yeah, that guy's also the bassist in Fun Hole. He's, he's a terrible doctor. I could... It was, like, there was a, there's a waiting line, right? And uh, I waited, like, maybe an hour just to kind of get checked in and kind of, like, you know, to take your measurements and stuff. 
then there's another two hours of waiting Take there. Take your measurements. <laughs> Fit you with a nice suit. <laughs> no blood pressure, heart rate, oh, uh, weight. Okay. Like your vitals. Yeah, your vitals and stuff. <laughs> and then... Sure. Spread it. <laughs> it was another two hours after that, and I'm still waiting there, and eventually they got me a wheelchair, because they kind of realized, like, walking wasn't really working for me very well. It's one of those pains where, like... You want to stay up straight, but your your stomach just crunches you over, mm. and it's 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 terrible. And so eventually they're like, "Okay, well, we got your room." I'm like, "Fucking thank God!" And so you know, start winging me to it. And then halfway there, they're like, "Oh, uh, ambulance took the room." Jesus. So it was another like hour and a half of waiting. The ambulance is sick. He's <laughs> gonna have the bed. Sorry. The ambulance, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> It's sick. Gonna have to pump his tire back up. All right. So they eventually they get me a room, and uh, the nurses, one of the nurses, is like, okay, we got you the best room in the place because this sucks for you. We know. And so get in there, and uh, you know, doctor comes and see me, and he's like, oh, what's the what's the problem? Uh, it's like st- stomach hurts, terrible, pins and needles. It's like, well, no clue what that could be, but uh, you know, it could be a few things, and started asking questions and stuff, and. He's like, okay, well, we know you're in a lot of pain, so let's get you some painkillers. So he hooked me up with some morphine. And the morphine, like, people say to get, like, high on morphine. I just didn't feel pain. That's the only thing I got from it. Uh, the doctor comes back and is like, okay, well, we're not really sure what it is, but it's probably appendicitis. But we don't know that until we, you know, look inside there. So we're going to cut you up. Does that sound good? I'm like, yeah, it just, if this stops, yes, whatever, fuck it. And so they uh, roam me up to various places, family's talking to me, and I'm just kind of like just annoyed and bored and done. And they explained to me the whole process. They're like, okay, we're going to give you anesthesia. We're going to like put this thing over to you, over your face. You're going to count backwards from 10, and then you'll get surgery done and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's the weirdest thing. I'm not sure if you guys had surgery, but they put over on, they put the thing on my face, and I start counting back, and then it's like I close my eyes, and then I wake up in another room. It's, it's not even like I fell asleep or anything. It's almost like you close your eyes, and then you're in another room. Like, no time has passed. It's really freaky. And then the nurse is like, oh, oh, you're awake. And then, like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're out for a little bit, but you're actually up kind of early. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you look down, and you're still wide open. P- pretty much, pretty much. Actually, the first thing I did check was, I-, I don't know why, but I heard something somewhere. And so once the nurse kind of left, I, like, checked my pubes because I thought they might have shaved my pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta check those pubes. Hey, I'm, I'm never going to get a girlfriend without those pubes. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, my pubes. Thank God. Give them Thank, back. God. Thank God. Is there a surgery to get those put back? You put those pubes back. <laughs> right where you found them. I was really concerned to shave my pubes because I, I heard something somewhere like they shave you before they, like, they do surgery. And like, I don't know if I wanted my pubes or if I just didn't want to touch my pubes. I, I don't know what it was for that exactly, but the doctor's like, nurse, <laughs> remove the pubes. <laughs> we are not going into this man's stomach unless you remove those pubes. Those, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna do this if those pubes are there staring at me. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I feel a lot better, and you know, the lady's like, oh yeah, we got you on some morphine. So, you know, uh, let, let us know if you got some more morphine. And I'm like, okay, and I can't get to go back. 
they put me in another room, and it's it was a little difficult. And then they tell me I had appendicitis, and that my appendix was kind of it wasn't. <laughs> you're okay. Sorry, go ahead. My appendix was not like uh, it was a little different of a case because usually it's one thing, but mine was just twisted up in something. They don't really know what happened, but my appendix was the problem. So I had appendicitis, and it was very possible that I would die. If I, you know, if I had waited, if I had stayed at the camp, especially, but if I had like waited, like maybe like another like day or so, your pastor tried to kill you. Essentially, that's what pastors usually do. He's like, it's... I'm gonna get you closer to God. Now, the... real quick, this is all right. This means God just wants to know you. This means God wants to meet you. He wants he, to hang out. He needs you in his heavenly army. He's like, yo, we just need Nate up here. <laughs> First thing they do when you get to heaven. Take your pubes. <laughs> now let me see those pubes. Come on. You're not getting in here without those pubes. <laughs> no. Hey, 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 hey. Everyone had to do it. Walk through the pube detector. <laughs> so after that, I mean. It costs a lot of money, that pube detector. That's pretty much the story. But the weirdest thing I found is after I... You know, they put me in another room and they hooked me up to another thing with uh, with morphine. And it started telling me, like, oh, yeah, if, you, if you're feeling pain, just press the morphine button and we'll give you some morphine. You know, and... You immediately max it out. I, I, I Well, I didn't touch it at all. I didn't... Like, I'm like, oh, I feel all right. And nurses came to me constantly. I had, like, maybe about 25 different occasions where nurses would say, are you sure you don't need more morphine? Like, sh- oh, what, you should be taking more morphine. Oh, uh, you know, just press the button if you want more morphine. Like, they were, they were, like, trying to get me hooked or something. It was very strange. Oh, they wanted to jack up your hospital bill. And we're going to put you in the nicest room. <laughs> All you can eat morphine. We're going to take your pubes. This is like a morphine buffet. They're like, <laughs> All you can morphine buffet. But, yeah, yeah. And then uh, nobody was there to visit me until, like, 12 p.m. that day and... The pastor came in. I guess he skipped the service or something. I don't know. <laughs> like a hundred little kids sitting there, like waiting in their pews. <laughs> yeah, he didn't tell anyone he was doing that too. Everyone's just sitting there, like, "What's going on?" Pastor will be here shortly. <laughs> uh, he got caught up in the pube detector. <laughs> that thing—it's very thorough. It takes a long time. He's probably—he's gonna be here any minute. It's all right. We're getting Gabriel down there to fix it. <laughs> They're on number five hundred thirty-two. And yeah, that, that's wait. Are they detecting each pube one yes, at a time? One at a time. <laughs> Counting them, man. He's got five hundred and eighty-two pubes, and like he's yeah, just not getting even started. A lot, dude. That's not even a lot. Jesus. Most people have at least like fifty thousand pubes. So <laughs> most people. <laughs> so a little bonus side story off of that. This doesn't really matter, but so I got lots of uh, oxycotton off from from that because you know painkiller. Obviously, I needed it. And a side effect from Oxycontin I found, at least with myself, is it made me very good at Counter-Strike Source. <laughs> Yo. Super good at Counter-Strike Source. So good that I got banned from my favorite server because they thought I was hacking. <laughs> I remember that. And I was very, very annoyed. It, like, I don't know. It just relaxed me to a point where I could just focus in this. It wasn't quite slow motion, but it was like, like yeah, I get it now. I just moved the mouse. <laughs> head. Shoot. For years, he couldn't get this, and he's like, wait, it's all the drugs. He's like, I can't play the game without the drugs. My head's never been more clear without pubes. He's like going into the Matrix every time he takes an oxy. 
So we shouldn't let this podcast die, though, right? So how can, like, people support this podcast? Uh, the best way to support the podcast would be financially through Patreon. Patreon. Oh, we almost said at the same time. Oh. Kismet. <laughs> Is that, like, a Jewish thing? Uh, I don't know, man. It's like a teenage girl thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Similar things. If you're a teenage girl, you know, you can get us at... <laughs> <laughs> you can get us. You can get at us. If you're a teenage girl... <laughs> You know, we, we accept all fan bases. Absolutely. And I think the the most important thing is to give us some, some rate, review, <laughs> subscribe on iTunes. Um, you know, if you want to give us money, that's pretty cool, too. Um, and you can check us out on Facebook at We Need to Talk Show. Or you could find us on Twitter at WNTT1. And also check out our guests at MattDrew.com. Yeah, no, there's no... You can try to friend me on Facebook. I may not accept it, but... <laughs> I he's, may. He's got a very close, <laughs> close knit group on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. A very close knit group. If you get in, then you get to enjoy. Every now and then, I share something. If you like our podcast, try giving Shot of History a listen. Shot of History is actually an outstanding podcast. They uh, they they drink. They talk about crazy things from history that you don't know. And if you do know, it's because you listen to Shot of History. You can brag about it to your friends. Uh, I would definitely highly suggest them. You know, and if you give them listening, you know, tell them that you heard about them from us. Let them know personally that you heard about. Message them on Facebook, direct message them, slip into their DMs with a, a good WNTT. You just message them on Twitter. It's way easier. Just send a message to Trico, not Trico. He's on. Uh, his name's actually Trico, but he's the host of uh, of Shot of History, and his Twitter handle is Trico, not Trico. And just say Albatross. He'll know. Till now. Uh, Till next time. We need to talk. <laughs>